Um, but yes, so you are guys are brought through multiple uh, hallways and rooms. Yep. Various people. Um, and through security doors um, until you come to a large set of uh, black doors that the colonel has to walk up to and then place her hand on. Mm. Um, and with that, the doors begin to slide open and she motions for you all to enter and does not follow you. I'm gonna wait for... Um, sorry, uh, what's the name of the woman we're protecting? Sandra. 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 The love of your life? How could you forget? Oh, <laughs> wow. Bad boyfriend. Yeah, I'm way so... to fuck up, Blitz. Yeah, hey, never... out of character, there are a lot of NPCs to keep track of. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I blanked there for a moment. Uh... Okay, I'm gonna follow Sandra inside when she does. Yeah. Uh, so Balin actually follows you, but the other two don't. Okay. Um, the guy who promised to be our tour guide? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, you guys go in. Uh, in the room, there is a a certain oval-shaped table, similar to the one um, on the ship, All right. um, which is clearly holographic. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, at the table, there are six individuals of, um, uh, in lieu of uh, describing them individually. Uh, I'll say that they all look very seasoned mm. and very serious. A bunch of old white men? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, this is a multicultural society. Oh, good, good. They, so a lot of old men, like a lot of old people. But they're all, yeah. Is you can be, you can say they're all pretty old. All they right. Probably minimum forty. They, they're all, all right. up to suits and shit. Yeah, they're all decorated in, uh, individuals. All right. Are there any of those robots anywhere? There are no subalterns anywhere. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to check. No, actually, you haven't noticed any subaltern pole at, at all since you've come in. Hmm. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, you don't know if that is just this place runs more efficiently than they would need that, or maybe there's well, been, especially in the capital of man, you don't know. That is either very good or very, very bad. We'll find out which. Yeah. Uh, so there are open chairs. Um, they do all kind of, like, look at all of you, kind of, like, giving you a bit of a... Mm, um, and Milo actually doesn't sit down. He's standing at the door. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he he sits Bale down. Enters hyper reflex mode. <laughs> <laughs> he begins vibrating. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, like, he doesn't even just sit down. He just stops standing, and his mech just keeps him there. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what's happening. Yeah. His, his mech is turned off. He's probably just like he's got his. He's essentially leaning against the door with his arms crossed. Hmm. So I am standing just behind Sandra. I'm not sitting down either. Me? I'll sit down. Yeah, I'll take a seat. Okay, so everyone. I look around for a pen or other suitably such sharp objects. There's definitely no pens. Every... Oh, right, the future! God, this sucks! I hate it! Uh-huh. Particularly sharp data slate. <laughs> you break the data pad. <laughs> you snap the iPad in half and you stab someone. <laughs> um, yeah, so each one, each position has its own data terminal, yep. essentially, so you can look at whatever's going up or send information. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, Sanders sits down. Yeah, Panopica um, will like poke into that. Yeah, and is going to run a quick scan for that foreign presence that that she felt in the factory. Okay, you uh, run it. Roll the packing. Mm-hmm. Uh, twelve or wait, plus my grit, right? Mm-hmm. Grit and whatever pilot skills. Yeah, whatever your pilot skills. Then we have two grit. Yeah, so fourteen. Um. Like, the, the signature, like, there's no active attack signature or, like, in, in on the terminal. Okay. That you're aware of. If there is somebody watching, then you'd have to do, uh, there's a lot of stuff you'd have to do 
to yeah. check, but there's no, like, obvious spying. There's, no, there's, the, there's the C-SPAN camera in the corner, that's a problem. Yeah, like, they're definitely, the stuff you're doing is being recorded. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I just want to, like, because I, I've felt that presence before, mm-hmm. I'm just checking to see if it's in yeah, the system. Yeah, so you, so you run up to the security protocol, and you look at them, but you don't touch it, because you know, you yeah. get right up to the point where, like, if you go any farther, it's gonna set yeah. off an alarm. So you yeah. go, so you you walk around the space, it, you digitally walk around the space you have access to and you don't see anything. Okay. So, and you, but you have very limited user permissions because you're not even a, you're barely even a guest. Yeah. You're literally just, I turned on the console and connected my USB drive to it. <laughs> so, you think maybe, maybe at a higher level that thing might be running, but you don't see it. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you have a baseline. Mm. You have a baseline of how the system's laid out. It seems pretty standard. Uh-huh. It's not quite cutting-edge union stuff. The stuff that you hack into. Um, but it's also not exactly like Windows 95 either. Because it is... This place has been... Is digitally divergent. Uh, they ended up in some of the same places. They came from the same source tech. But everything is a little bit different and a little off. They're running Ubuntu. <laughs> yes. Well, they, they, yeah, it would be like the equivalent of them running a different operating system, but but it has yeah. a common the, the, the architecture of, of how the chips are laid out is eventually, yeah. eventually falls down to the same point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, she'll, she'll just like keep surveillance on that. To... Cool. Yeah, you'll you'll need to get heightened user privileges somehow if you want to do more in depth shit. Uh huh. Um. So yeah. Uh, so Sanders sits down. Um. <clears throat> uh, thank you all for having me. Um, and I hope that we can um, conclude our the business here, and that we can, well, that uh, the grass um, can become part of union successfully. Um, and the the council nods, kind of in unison, <laughs> almost oddly. Um, and uh, one of the older men in the back uh, kind of speak up and say, "We welcome you, administrator, and others." Um, to the council. Um, we oversee, as you are aware, all of Blade, and to some extent, the administration of security in the grass. <clears throat> but, um, not to go over our qualifications, but um, I believe the conversation we will be having here is more practical in regards to the events that are about to go down. And uh, Sandra kind of nods and says, Yes, well, um, I think you're aware of what's happened over the last couple of weeks. And then a woman beside the older man pipes up. Yes, we have heard of the interesting events that have occurred. So-called reapers. (laughs) (laughs) Is it as it is noted in these reports, and she, once again, opens up the abstraction reports. Aren't you glad that that Panoptica uh, <laughs> told you to write honest thing <laughs> about those reports? Well, I, I technically didn't say anything about that. I was just making you look better. Is all. <laughs> yeah. So, in addition to uh, Nora's abstraction reports, there are reports from the security head in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, there are reports from the uh, from Cash, which. Uh, are they're not held on long because they actually look pretty messy. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn motherfuckers coming in here ruining my goddamn break. <laughs> Fucking ruining everything. 
Uh, there's even a report from Gant. Um, and yeah, um, they, they should, the, the uh, council member kind of opens her hands up and it kind of expands into a web. Um, this is all very concerning. We just wanted to make note of. Um, and as you said in our earlier correspondence, you feel like your life is threatened once again. Uh, Sandra nods. Yes, um, our intel indicates that at very least a whole shipment of uh, rogue mechs um, have been sent here for what I can only assume is another attack. And the, uh, the one of the council the council kind of like kind of like shake their heads. Um, another one pipes up. And to what extent do you believe this is a threat to us? And he actually looks over to you guys. You four were there when the ships left. As this report indicates, it kind of zooms in on the after action report of your attack on that factory. Yeah. How much of a threat do you consider the, the these forces to be? Significant. Considering that one of their courses of action was to simply try and eradicate the entire city, I'd imagine that they'd go to just about any length to possibly manage their goals, whatever they may be. Additionally, we've seen that uh, while many of their mechs follow fairly standard forms, there have been like unique uh, instances and uh, Panoptical will like, pull up the, like, the big, middle, small, yeah. like, yeah, art, artist recreation of... Yeah. No, no artist recreation. Well, I mean, they're, those can't, things are pretty shredded. Cam oh. footage. Yeah, cam footage. Oh, okay, yes, from your from your max, yes. So, yeah, I guess it would be, like, my small clips of it expanding. <laughs> yeah, and, doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. And eventually firing off into space <laughs> with the two-finger gun. <laughs> uh, and whoever these people are, they have a lot of resources. I mean, yeah, you saw how many ships they essentially blew up just trying to take care of our guy when, you know, we were going through space and all that. The fact is, we still don't know how many resources they have or how many people they have with them. We also suspect that an NHP might be organizing some part of this based on uh, encounters we had in the uh, factory. Um, another one of the old uh, counselor pipes up. How is that possible? Are the fingers of truth are a craft-based organization of zealots. We have reason to believe that whoever's behind this is maybe not the fingers of truth, but rather an extra system. Uh, were we not going to... Oh, sorry. It's possible that uh, while they might be uh, craft-based, they may have uh, taken either inspiration or... Uh, have contacts outside of the grass. For zealous groups like this, too, the ends might justify the means. They may be willing to do things they find personally distasteful to accomplish their goals. Uh, with that, the uh, council member's face sours a bit and looks over Sandra. Your people have supplied these zealots with technology? How, how would this have escaped your, uh, your understanding? Um, and Sandra kind of walks for a second. Well, in an official capacity, the union would only allow an NHP to a licensed user, someone like one of them, or a mercenary group, possibly. Um, but, that being said, um, there are black market channels to obtain such things. Um, <clears throat> while the union does um, 
have a wide reach. We also are not despots. We allow places to manage themselves, and as a result, such things could occur. Um, and with that, the council member kind of like proceeds back a little bit. Um, well, nevertheless, if they have one of these NHPs, then are are we worried about a digital threat? Almost certainly. <clears throat> I'd say it's possible, given the fact that um, at least two attempts uh, relied heavily on automated troops. The um, yep. what are they called again? The uh, subalterns. The subalterns during the convoy transfer, and all of the hijacked mechs during uh, attack on the city. Given how effortlessly they did it, and how they caused so much havoc as a result of being taken over. I'd say that we do have to watch out for that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, Panoptica will like pull up the the information about like like the pattern she noticed during the, the city fight where the mechs like moved uh, in unison, but not in a way where it was they were like predictable. Mm-hmm. The yeah. amount of the amount of uh, multitasking this would require would either be several uh, dozen remote pilots or one. NHP. And when they actually see the movement, you see a lot of them actually like kind of widen their eyes and like look at each other for a moment. And then the uh, <clears throat> councilman who originally spoke, sitting in the back, uh, the, the who seems the one who seems to be kind of in charge, um, says, "Well," and he kind of raises his hand. Well, that being said, we will have our most um, knowledgeable. Um, data analysts look at this information and provide countermeasures. Um, so we think that with them and our advanced security protocols, we should be fine. Um, at the very least, we will attempt to separate as many defense systems from the network as necessary. But in regards to defense systems, we would actually like to discuss such um, measures. Now, and then with this, they pull up a map of the ridge and kind of like how it's laid out. Now, uh, barring an air attack, which we do have defenses for, and you see kind of like from the walls, um, artillery guns kind of pop out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, even around the back. Um, any airborne attack would be, well, ill-advised. Um, ever since the war, um, we have been, for the most part, safe from anything aerial. That being said, um, ground defenses and a ground assault is definitely possible. Um, the terrain is uneven um, and provides ample cover for advancing uh, forces. And while artillery would be able to bombard it, um, the possibility of diverting our resources away from uh, aerial attack is not something that we advise. Hmm. That being said, um, our and you see him actually kind of like clutch at what looks like a war wound. Um, we have not fought for a very long time. And our defenses, while um, sturdy, are not time-tested. Hmm. That being said, um, we will do all we can to protect you, Sandra, and the this deal. Um... If there is anything that you wish to provide that you think you could aid in your own safety, we would be amenable to such things. Uh, and at this point, uh, Balin actually kind of speaks up. Um, uh, your Lordship, um, the 
Well, having looked at all of these, I think it's most clear that the best defense against such an attack is in this very room. And with that, he motions off to you guys. I, based on everything that we've seen here, these uh, lancers That's it. are the best defense we have. I think it is most pertinent to have them positioned at the front line. Um, and with that, Sandra kind of like turns over. Well, yes, that is true that they are very effective. But in the what in the event of a surprise attack on the hilt, I think it is best for them to be here. And with that, they kind of just kind of like leans back and says, "Here to protect you." Actually, it's more of a tactical assessment. Some of the frames that we have work better not in close combat encounters. Well, you could be placed on the ramparts. Could be placed behind cover. What do the orbital defenses look like? Uh, well, our primary orbital defenses um, are, and see, he brings up his arm, and a grid sort of like elevates up. Um, you see that they do have multiple war sets set up to for any space incursions, but they're not like. Um, sub-atmospheric or anything. There aren't any, like, drones flying around. Um, <clears throat> such weapons were more commonly used during the war, but are costly to maintain, and after such a long period of peace, we were not able to um, convince our constituents that they were worth maintaining. Mm-hmm. That being said, now that we're in this predicament, um, there will be a discussion in the coming years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, based on what I'm seeing, um, could they, could, like, an orbital drop happen and, like, slip through the defenses? Rather unlikely. Perhaps a small contingent could get through the war sats. That's all they would need. But they would be heavily damaged. And you see that the, he kind of, like, turns his hand and then you see simulated drop pods flowing down and then the war sats blowing them up and a lot of them either falling past or maybe possibly landing in, like, residentials. Hmm. Um, well, to be perfectly honest, that scenario you've just shown us doesn't look all that different from what we saw in the asteroid field, where That's true. a lot of resources are thrown at a small target, with the idea being that only a few need to make it through. Yeah, can I, like, interact with the simulation? Um, so, uh... <laughs> um, what do you say? Um, if I can input some combat data that we gathered during our trip to Blade. Um, and with that, the guy kind of just, like, puts his hand on the table, and you see him put a hand, authorization hand and then turn it, and you see just kind of like a line over your console and says, temporary access. Right. So I go and I input the data of, of an attack using a similar, like, fire everywhere method yep. against the... Yep. The orbital defenses. The orbital defenses. So, um, you you see that the same attack would not be as effective because not only would it have to get through, like, it kind of runs a similar thing where a lot of them get blown up and then a couple get through. Um, uh, and then you see that the uh, artillery round things also kind of turn and, like, fire the at them. Yeah. yeah, the air defenses would also interact with them. Um, and that the... the Within your calculations, the highest damage stuff would be actually all the debris. So it would be like raining debris on people. Huh. Right, right, um, right. Not necessarily mechs getting through. 
crew because they would they would land they would have to land safely and deploy. Right, blowing things up in midair still means that a bunch of shrapnel is falling down. Yeah, okay, I'm going to alter it slightly to include um, payloads like the kind that we saw on the ship. Yeah, the obsidian thing. Yeah. Okay, so you do see that the obsidian thing would would possibly be able to land. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like a it's probably a 50-50, because the problem with the obsidian payload is that it, it uh, might not be have the propulsion necessary to be able to, like, hit on target, but it wouldn't be blown up. Yeah. So, like, it could, there are possibilities where it gets blown up, either by, like, it making contact with other ships because the bullet punch would have to be fired, or it goes off, off trajectory and hits the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there is, you do, you do run the simulation a couple times in front of everyone, and there is a possibility it lands, likely not around the Citadel. Okay. Alright, so... But there is a distinct possibility when they do see it, like, impact and, like, the crater and the amount of damage that it would cause, and you do see a couple of them begin to, like, start stroking their chins and thinking and, like, whispering to each other. Right. Well, I'm... Yeah, the only other common scenario I could think of is if they do something where they just put a bunch of ships in front of the payload and basically just have it act like a gigantic... Phalanx that absorbs damage and allows a payload to get down to the planet. A shield, okay. What's the E defense of these, uh, of your orbital defenses? Yeah, like, uh, How are they controlled? When I, when she says this, you notice that Blitz has been staring, like, is staring very intently at the simulations, and yeah, that's something else, like, you guys are awful dependent on all these guns to keep yourselves safe and stuff, like, with what we've seen with the guys like taking control of things from the inside and messing things up that way, how do you know they won't be able to shut these guns off? Especially considering the fact that in Surya they were able to access air gap systems. Well, the only reason they were able to access that was because a subaltern went out oh. there and pressed the button. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, that we solved that mystery. <laughs> the, the mystery of how they were able to access it was they had a subaltern walk all the way down yep. and then press the button and then make a big laser arm and then fire a laser at <laughs> you. <laughs> Well, no sense in saying that there can't be, you know, yeah. someone. So, um, <clears throat> well, after the incident in Syria, we did a full security audit. Um, our subalterns are have all been deactivated in a very direct way. <laughs> um, Something like a flashback of them like lining them up against walls. <laughs> they just put the batteries out. <laughs> like, they, they don't need to, they don't need to like, execute them. <laughs> That's just what Noir thinks. Yeah. Like, ah, yes. I remember this. No, they're just all in a warehouse all their batteries taken out. And, okay. in, and all the batteries are put in a different warehouse. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blitz is a slightly different thing. Because of his knowledge of old Earth stuff, he's getting the Lenny scene from Of Mice and Men, but repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yes, the will not be an issue. Um, we've had to double our shifts, but I believe everyone is fine with that. As long as it improves our safety, um, and our systems have been double-checked, and as many um, redundant systems have been set up as necessary, we've attempted to air gap as many systems as possible. Mm. All right. The Warsats, uh, we would say, have a 80-90% to 90% likelihood of, of complete safety, but that being said, nothing is perfect. If there is any sort of internal... Well, do you suspect foul play internally? It's I would assume that there is at least a little bit of uh, information leak because somebody would have had to have been gathering information on where Sandra has been going and ha- has been able to track movements through the system. 
That is true. We do, we, there, the increased personnel does open us up to more chances of dishonorables making their way in. We will do some additional security audits of the newer employees, but the best we can do is provide you our assurance that we believe our forces to be working in our best interests. Right. So, um, out of character, yeah. The so the general setup is the um, the wall kind of goes around the city, kind of yes, around the city, um, even actually around the back and up to the top, um, based on the security setup you've seen and you had access. So they do have like mech pilots um, stationed along the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily in like a castle style, but like in a mounted arti- ar- artillery style. They also have ways to deploy them through the bottom of the wall. Um, they have a small drainage ditch that someone could run into with explosives and blow up, causing the entire wall to fall apart. No. <laughs> no, they don't have that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty standard defensive stuff in regards to how it's laid out. It's mostly defensive wall, artillery, or anti-air guns, um, and then ground troops at the bottom, and obviously within the cities themselves, they have checkpoints, defensive checkpoints, and they have safe houses for all the people that were built during the war. So people can all go underground if they need to. Alright, um, so what's the... So, if we were deployed at the walls, it would take us a long time to get to the Citadel. To get back to the Citadel would take you probably an hour. On foot or in our mechs? Um, how fast can your mechs go? Like actual miles per hour? I actually uh, don't we know. We don't have that, so it yeah. have to be abstracted. Yeah, yeah, abstracted, I would say like, yeah, I'd say probably an hour to the wall. Okay. Is that including boost pack with grenades? Unless you, any of you have some sort of super science shit that can teleport you all the way there, it would probably be like an hour. I do have four blink grenades. <laughs> My super science only teleports bullets. <laughs> I actually don't have any. Uh, Sandra just needs to get like the quantum superposition waveform of every person in the room, and then if something goes wrong, she just radios it to your NHP, and then a bullet materializes inside of this. <laughs> Speaking of Sandra, this might be kind of a ridiculous suggestion. I don't know if Warren would say this out loud, in the conference room, but he might have mentioned it earlier. Can one of us just get an extra compartment inside our mech and put Sandra in that? It seems, the Barbarossa has 18 hit points. <laughs> well, 16 now, but yes. It's, it's the safest possible place. Like, whatever the hill. I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have a gun the size of a fucking Buick. Like, <laughs> doesn't, wouldn't that solve all this, like... Well, I, I think the problem is they're going to be doing, like, all of the, the stuff. I, I can't fit, uh, it's big, but I can't fit an entire conference room into my back. <laughs> just like sitting on the back of like, there's like a, of, like a stage built on top of the and it's like I have to just stand up. Oh, I was a robot the whole time! <laughs> this, that would be some like Chinese opera shit. It's like, ah, oh, we're going to do this peace deal on the back of this gigantic mech as it fights. But you know, oh. just like Skype her in from the bowels of the Barbarossa. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, crazy idea, maybe, but that's, but you can bring it up. That's you can totally bring it up and see what they think. Hmm. So back into character. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think Worm's just gonna go for it. 
This might be... Pardon my uh, simple country ways. <laughs> <laughs> this might be somewhat of a foolish suggestion, but it is possible to install a secondary non-pilot human compartment inside a mech. I'm sure any of you council members who have seen combat or mech combat are familiar with it. And I might argue that no matter how safe the hilt is, it's still full of people and you can't account for all of them. But the inside of, well, uh, no, not to mince word, a Lancer class mech is probably one of the safest places to be in the event of a possible battle. You're absolutely right. We need a trusted pilot. Somebody who knows all kinds of combat skills, who's guaranteed to keep somebody safe. Noir! <laughs> uh... We have with us pilots for a mech the size of a small building and one that can turn invisible. Mm. Both. And also one who is very, very <laughs> badass. Blitz? Yes? Sidebar? <laughs> Blitz? Your primary method of combat is to run it directly at the enemy, putting yourself in the most danger. You are not, your mech is not a safe place for a passenger. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I sort of just gesture at Sandra with both hands. Yes. But have you seen the Barbarossa? Yeah. No. Anyways, again, it might be... Your primary method of, hit, of, of overcharging your mech includes ramming it face first into the enemy. <sighs> It may be a foolish suggestion, but I think this is uh, the situation that could arise from be fairly dire. I think we should consider all options. Every option. There's actually one of the more quiet ones in the back. Uh, looks like an older woman with the uh, distinguished, actually, a distinguished set of medals that look like gears. Um, we've thought of something around this. Um, we will consult your administrator about it. But do not be concerned. Um, we have brought the full weight of our mechanical insight to bear to keep her safe. Uh, no, no uh, offense meant, but you know, with all due respect, it is my job to be concerned. And we appreciate that. <clears throat> but this is our system, and we will do things in our own way. Um, actually, quick question. Is there such a thing as a rapid mech transport vehicle? Not one that can carry the Barbaros. Fair. Hence why, you know, just leave me here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I give you, like, you guys are all one. You're half, you're half size, right? No, no. I'm, I'm one. You're one? You're, you're all one, right? Yes, with the exception of me. Yeah. So, there, yes, there is a transport that can carry size one mechs. So you so, guys, you so guys, the real question we're asking here is where do we put the barbarettes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, you, like while this is outside of the sidebar, uh, Panoptica has been like doing like distance Look, measurements yeah. and like doing like uh, amazing. Like, yeah, well, turning dials. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm kind of. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. I'm running blitz death scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like it's like something like thing of flying down. Blitz raising his face to punch it. Blitz destroyed. Okay, well I'll try this other one. <laughs> Captain, there's something wrong with your computer. <laughs> I like to imagine there is one for the size three max, but it's like the thing that like moves the like the the shuttle to get into position for the launch bay. <laughs> Some yeah, gigantic. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, no, they, they probably have, like, a, like, a, like, a mech retrieval system, but it's not made for rapid transport. It's made for no. picking up the pieces after a fight. Yes. So, not okay. So, yeah, so, with this, Kanamashi will say, so, what we're, with a rapid redeployment, we could, our mechs, most of our mechs can, can be deployed anywhere within the city relatively quickly to react if something manages to make it through the air defense system. The Barbarossa, on the other hand, is unfortunately going to be more or less a stable artillery platform. So we just put it on top of the tallest building and have it on a swivel. <laughs> I just, don't think the tallest building would not support the Barbarossa. <laughs> just like a big recliner. <laughs> so the question is, do we think the, uh, the Barbarossa will do more good at the city limits? And that's assuming that we can predict exact direction the enemy is coming from. Mm-hmm. Or at the... On the inside. Or at the hilt, knowing where the eventual target is. Um, and with this, Balin actually speaks up again. Now, if I might interject again, um, apologies, Administrator, for um, pervading you, uh, but I see, I've, I've seen, I, I now see what you were saying. It does make much more sense for them to be positioned at the hilt. Now, what I do think, though, is that while their positioning at the hilt will be important to defend both our precious council and you, at very least, could we have them provide their expertise to those at the wall? Oh, absolutely. Wait, what do you mean by that exactly? Tactical knowledge. Oh. I mean, you are not, you are seasoned veterans, yes? Yeah, that is All right, true. artillery men, here's what you gotta do. You gotta get your artillery. You gotta drive it directly into the enemy and shoot him in the face. I mean, let's be honest. Like, we, we make fun of uh, Blitz, but Blitz is doing, like, pre-planning and, it, like, a huge route requiring multiple uses of a boost jet. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a natural pilot, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he is incredibly, like, skilled in the same way, like, a Formula One driver is skilled, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he can handle, he can work under pressure, he can react quickly. He may not be incredibly, like, well-learned, but he can... What are you talking about? The man has a doctorate. (laughs) In in older studies. Yes. For all the shit you give him, he does have literal years of combat experience as a mercenary. He's incredibly skilled. Just because you can make decisions doesn't mean they're the right decisions. (laughs) But at least (laughs) I can make them really fast. Yes! Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like, the the, the issue is that Blitz is on the same team as Panoptica, who is kind of like <coughs> nerd. Yeah, she's a huge nerd. And former infantry. <laughs> yeah, and Noir, who who's who's like been doing this stuff for far too long, honestly. Let's be <laughs> Yes. <laughs> for long enough that it's a, a an ethical issue. Yeah. Um and Worm's just terrifying. Worm's the wild card. Worm's <laughs> the wild card. No, Worm can use his agriculture thing to like set up fucking like spongy, like mech-sized punji pits. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we can definitely uh, support uh, support the troops at the wall. Um, I'm sure your knowledge would be invaluable to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, if you need somebody to run uh, any active cyber defenses, I could help out with that. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I've already stolen your credit card. One, one, <laughs> one, another one of the uh, council members who's been signed one up now kind of speaks up. While we do respect your 
um, expertise in net piloting, um, it would be beyond the pale to have someone outside of the council or our spade data analysts have access to our more, more sensitive systems. Oh, I meant more on a mech-to-mech scale. If you would like to do such, um, you may consult with the uh, with our Cyber Warfare Division over in, at the um, military base. Technically, throwing a rock at a telephone pole in order to disrupt power is electronic warfare. As according to the Canadian forces. I mean, to the same, to the same <laughs> degree that, like, um, you know, fishing attempts through, like, boning people. Yes. It's technically, it could be considered cyber warfare to a degree. Shining a laser in a pilot's eyes is electronic warfare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no. I mean, I mean she, she's basically like... electronic warfare. <laughs> she's basically like, I don't know what you're, like... Essentially, they say, go talk to the people doing it. And if they think you're okay, you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need to convince them, not us. We don't trust you. Yeah, that's fine. She doesn't give a shit about these people, so they're not paying her. <laughs> I don't care about old people. I'm a hacker. <laughs> Crosses arm threateningly. Well, well, hacker remember, man meme. Remember, Panoptica is like the most practical like ha- hacker. Practical anarchist. Well, no, like remember. She's the she's the dumb muscle of her society. I forgot. Yeah, you're like yeah, you're you're the worst hacker on your hacker collective. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is saying something. Yeah, yeah. Last uh, last argument of kings. Child's play. <laughs> <laughs> Baby level stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she. People on the inside are like tooling around in horror specs. Yeah. <laughs> back back. People or... on the inside are are playing hacking chess against NHP. Yeah. yeah. They're playing hacking chess. The goblin sports. keeps beating me. I don't know how. <laughs> it's cheating, but I have no idea how it's doing it. Wait a minute. It's got a bunch of extra pawns under the table. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing a digital game. Uh, oh, the goblin beat the, the digital, like, the digital board into a physical object. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's flipped it over. Oh. Uh, uh. All right. Well, um, yeah. And with that, um, the... Uh, Council asks if there's anything else. Um, we will reconvene at a later point um, after some preparations have been made. But currently, our plan is to follow, as we say, stated, the uh, ceremony will be delayed by several days so that we can prepare and that you can um, aid in that pre- preparation. Um, but um, upon the day, it will go forward um, as it must. And that Sandra actually very knowingly nods. Yes. Um, they don't think that it'd be like that, but it do. Yeah. Um, we thank you again for your uh, aid in this trying time. Um, we did not expect it to come to this, but... Her hands reach out in very mysterious ways. And they all kind of like nod. Um... And one of the guy, this guy coming back to that will be all. Alright, mm-hmm. kind of look over at Sandra. Sandra nods, and she kind of motions to everyone. Yeah. Alright, yeah. <laughs> See ya. Uh, yeah, we'll head out. Wait, someone goes, knocks on Malo's suit to wake him up. Malo does the Iron Man thing, and all the plates kind of like. Yeah, reconfigure, reconfigure themselves. Reconfigure themselves. Yeah. Everyone's shoulders. 
Uh, as you guys walk out, he kind of like his, his helmet kind of floats back. <sighs> it's rather hot in there. <laughs> so, did you have a nice little chat? As uh, good as ever. It looks like that they've asked us to uh, provide some sort of combat ad, uh, advice for the forces working within the city. Ah, uh, yes, in the front that way. <laughs> Hopefully, they're more advanced than that. But, uh, well, yes, I've seen what citizen militias can do. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, they are the actual military oh, yeah, for yeah. the system. And they are, this is where the military school is. Right. Yeah. Depends how much you trust their ability to educate. Well. I have seen enlisted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess we'll just have to see what they're capable of before we know if we can be of any help. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and I'll say with that, you guys uh, begin to make your way down to the wall um, and prepare for... The final assault. Oh boy! All right, I will stuff Sandra into my Barbarossa. Just get it, get in, get in. There's plenty of room. <laughs> so, yeah. No, dude, Noir, you gotta treat her like a lady. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I'm getting one more shot by Apocalypse Rail. That's weird. Oh, I'll better just load. Oh no! no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, until next time. Yeah. yeah. See you all for the finale. Oh boy. All right, good night, everyone. Good night. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.